What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports link, which you can find in our bio and on our website, you can save up to 70% with a money-back guarantee. So make sure to sign up with the GTD Sports link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got into a top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. We are currently live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all those platforms. It is Tuesday, October 12th, 8 p.m. Starting out this episode, we have a great one planned. A lot has happened over the weekend, ranging from John Gruden debacle to Kyrie Irving vaccine status causing a whole array of problems for the nets there's there's a lot to unpack from this weekend uh we're going to be talking about those in a little bit more but first make sure to check us out on social media over at gtd underscore sports other than tiktok we are at gtdsports.com you can check our personal accounts you can see on the screen i'm over at ryan vanell eight while elijah is at elijah span and if you go to our website at www.gtdsports.com you can check out our brand new gtd sports podcast network we have five kick-ass shows up on the site. They each have their own Apple, Spotify, everything. So make sure to check that out. And last but not least, at that same website, you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll get email notifications on all new episodes and all that jazz. Damn, I'm realizing my voice after this weekend is a little, kind of a little fucky. I don't know. It doesn't feel all the way there. A little coarse. Saying beat mm-hmm. the hell out of Emma. Mm-hmm. How was that? Actually, how, yeah. how, how much of a... How much of a culture shock was that for you? Dude, that that leads right into my highlight, our highlight low light of the week. My highlight was uh, I was at the Texas A&M game where they upset Alabama. So, yeah, culture shock, bro. Nobody does it like the Aggies, man. That was right? that was interesting, bro. It was crazy. I It lived up to all the hype. I am not an Aggie fan by any means, but that was so – it was so cool, bro. Yeah, now you can understand why I was really like why I pushed for them to be like best of the best for a college fan rankings. Yeah, it's just they're, they're annoying sometimes. But yes, and it like their student feet, section, yeah. bro, their student section was like 35,000 kids all packed in, and which is like three times our school size, you know. Everybody yeah. had their pom poms like in towels swinging, and dude, it was just the atmosphere, the sound was crazy. So, that was my highlight of the weekend was I didn't get to fully storm onto the field because it was full by the time I got down there, but I got to experience everything else basically. So yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, then sure. Northgate afterwards, bro. Oh, Northgate was fucking nuts, but it was awesome. Yeah. When I went, um, I also, I went to the A&M Bama game two years ago and Northgate was like, it was it was cool, but like I'm sure it was nothing like how you got to experience it. Dude, everybody like my buddy that goes to AM, he was telling me he had never seen that many people at Northgate at one time. And like yeah. everybody was just randomly coming up to you, just smiling, like, dude, we just beat fucking Bama, bro. 
and everybody was just high fiving, high fiving. Like it was just a grand old time. And they were there was one moment where we I was I had gotten pretty drunk um, at this point, and we were in some club, and they started playing that AM fight song. And so me and a bunch of people are just like locking shoulders, swaying back and forth, like in a circle. And everybody else is singing it. Meanwhile, I have no clue what's going on because I'm a horn frog. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just enjoying the moment. Like, ah! Like, dude, it was yeah, awesome. Crazy. Did you check out Saki? No, we didn't go to Saki. Dude, the lines, uh, at, like, the lines were literally so crazy. You had to, like, pick yeah. one and just stay there. And my buddy, uh, Colton, yeah, Colton's been on the show. And he knows there's one. Have you been to El Jefe? I can't remember. Because there's, like, they a hundred. There's, like. A bunch of bars out there where all it is where you get in line, you order your shot, and then you either get back in line or go to a different bar. Yeah, that is true. El Jefe, they have a, they have like three dollar and fifty cent mixed drinks, which is like crazy for a bar out where like other ones are like eight nine dollars type shit. So we went to El Jefe and got a bunch of cheap ass drinks, and they have three dollar shots too, which is like nuts. Yeah. For like being out on the bar so that was worth our worth our time and worth our money That's good. but That's good. low light though was uh along those same lines my low light of the weekend was the sunday scaries after being drunk for like two days straight you know prepping for the bama AM game i was dude the first quarter i was sitting there kind of wobbling i was like <laughs> all right the game the game's about to start let's focus like let's go yeah. and then I had to, to gather myself. In. Yeah, I had to lock in. So Sunday was uh Sunday scaries got me though. That was my low yeah. light. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome though. Uh yeah, my highlight was my highlight came from last week. Um last Wednesday, I finally got a job offer from a yes, sir. really good company. Yeah. So like if you've ever been on a job hunt and it takes like two or three months sometimes and it just gets it gets hard. It's tough. It's really it sucks because like Job hunting can be a full-time job, but you're not getting paid for it. So you're just sitting there on your ass, like broke. Can't do anything fun because you don't have a job to pay for the fun things. But it's over. I got a job with a pretty good company. I'm excited about it. And uh, that same day, I was feeling good. I went to the gym like like 30 minutes after I got the offer. And I was doing deadlifts. And I was like, fuck it. Like, let's PR. And I PR'd on deadlifts. Traditional. Nice, so, like, nice. That was nice. Hit 305. That was nice, dude. That uh, that job search is. I'm I'm not looking forward to uh that post graduation. I don't know. I'm scared, bro. It's tough, dude. I didn't know it was gonna be that hard. Like, there's a couple moments where I was like, dude, why the fuck did I get this piece of paper? Like, they told me my whole life, like you're gonna go and uh you're gonna go to college, you're gonna get a degree, and you're gonna get a job. It's like okay, and then like I don't know. I just wasn't getting a job. I'm like, why the hell did I go? to this expensive ass school if I'm not going to get a good ass job. And then, but it worked out. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I told at the AM game, I told a couple people I met at the tailgate and they were older. They were like my friend's dad and uncle and that I was doing, you know, sports broadcasting and stuff. And they were really drunk and they're like, you know, son, you better have that drive. If you don't want to be one of them broke sons of bitches living in a van, you better have a drive. And I'm just like, Okay, man. Like we're turning this into a life lesson. All right, but I mean, it's true though. Shit. Yeah. And Scary stuff. Low light was uh, Sunday morning watching the uh, 
the London game, Jets-Falcons, and I had a little parlay. I knew for a fact that Kyle Pitts was going to get his first touchdown. And so I had that, and then on the prop builder or whatever. And so I was like, you know what? Let's juice this up a little bit, just throw in one more thing, because I know this is a lock. And so I saw Zach Wilson over nine and a half rushing yards. I said, there's no way that a quarterback in the NFL, especially him because he can use his legs, um, yeah, doesn't get only- 10, 10 rushing yards. He got fucking three rushing yards. <laughs> it scored the Pitt scored the touchdown in the first quarter. He used the first touchdown of the game. That's why I should just made a bet anyway. I should just have Pitt's first down, first touchdown score anyway. But whatever. Um, but I was like, okay, cool. Now time for Zach Wilson to get seven more rushing yards. And I watched that entire fucking game to Zach Wilson not get seven rushing yards. Wait, so it wasn't even just Cal Pitt's anytime touchdown score? It was Cal Pitt's first touchdown score? No, it was Cal Pitt's anytime. Oh, okay, okay. That makes more. I was about to say, dude, you got balls to parlay a first touchdown scorer. No. Shit. Dude, but Kyle no. Pitts went off, so that was he a really did. good bet. And I, I agreed, though. That that sounded like a smart bet. Yeah. and then I, But I looked up Zach Wilson's rushing totals, and it was like 0, 19, 2, negative 2. I was like, oh, fuck. I messed up. Because oh. what he does, bro, he, when he gets back in the pocket, he just drifts back constantly, so it doesn't allow him to scramble. Like, I noticed that. I'm like, okay, he's going to run. And then he would drift back looking for his deep ball, and then he would just he'd never have it. Yeah, and the Jets O-line doesn't help with uh, that scrambling ability at all because by the time he does decide he can scramble, there's already three D linemen in his way. Yeah, so that was tough. I should have just parlayed it with more Kyle Pitts stuff. So I should have just made it the Kyle Pitts game. But uh, It was his game, up. shit. It was his he game. Broke That's out, yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. It is what even. it is. Uh, in other um, depressing – I don't know if I would say depressing, but just shock. I don't know what word to use. Shocking, um, demoral, defacing. John Gruden, basically. Everything about John Gruden right now is just fucked. Um, If you haven't heard, I liked uh, Elijah famously. He wrote a blog. Check that out on our website, GTD. Elijah has a blog up. But as Elijah described it, he uh, John Gruden, Hillary Clinton himself out of a job with all these emails. So if you haven't heard about this yet, you're living under a rock, but he had a bunch of leaked emails come out revealing racist, homophobic, misogynistic, trans, basically everything bad you could think about speech was in these emails uh, coming from John Gruden. And it was during his time at ESPN as a, a color analyst, color commentator. So yikes, <laughs> just yikes. Yeah. It was because like the first emails came out Friday where he said that NFLPA, DeMore Smith, the president of the NFLPA, his lips were as big as Michelin tires. And we were like, because ESPN at first only said racist trope. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. But I mean, you never know. And then I saw like that and I was like, oh, that's not good. But then it was Tony Dungy and Mike Tirico. They were backing him up and they were like, I don't think so. Like, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Also, apparently rubber lips is a term for. Yeah, I heard that one was in the emails too. Rubber lips. Yeah, so like I was like, okay, I guess we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. And then more just came out on Monday and it's like, oh shit. Yeah, and I heard um I was talking to one of my buddies about it, and they said that um imagine if like if he had just kept his mouth shut about Goodell, none of this would have came out, but it's because he called Goodell um a clueless anti-football pussy. 
And he also called him the F word several times throughout the emails. So my buddy was like, John, like Roger Goodell probably saw that and was like, oh no, it's done. Fuck this guy. Yeah. But- <laughs> Man, it's crazy. It's, it's been a crazy week, especially for like DeMore Smith too, because like literally earlier last week before the emails came out, he was given like a vote of no confidence and then he's going to serve one more term as the NFLPA. And then this stuff comes out. So um, I don't know what his job, I think, I think it's probably going to go as planned. He'll probably just serve like one more year, but I thought that was crazy. I thought that was really interesting timing at first, but then I found out that this is part of a bigger thing that we'll get into in a minute. But like, yeah, you just can't, you just can't say that shit. And then surprisingly, Jerry Jones had a very insightful comment about all of this. Oh, I didn't see that. So what he, he said that, um, well, you know, maybe these comments don't necessarily reflect the guy's character and they were from 10 years ago and like maybe not reflect his whole life story and all that. They are nonetheless harmful and you should be accountable for those. And I was like, wow, Jerry Jones, like, wow. Making, hit, hit us. With a wise wisdom. man. Yeah, a yeah. Wise man. He's gotten pretty sensible this past couple of years. I w- I mean, he's got to come to a point where I, I guess, I don't know though. Sometimes whenever you get older though, your filter gets even less and less. So I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, he's he's pretty much gone uphill ever since he had those photos with the with the young girls. He hasn't. He kind of straightened himself. Up. I don't know if you ever seen those. That was from like 2013, though. No, I I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, but Gruden though, and now, well, of course, with all this, I guess we failed to mention he's resigned as head coach. He'll no longer be the the Raiders head coach. And so, what I am curious to see is what the fuck is going to happen with his contract considering he signed like a 10-year, $100 million deal back in 2018? Um, since he resigned and he wasn't fired, he's forfeiting his rights to that money. Oh, that makes sense. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Damn, that yep. sucks, dude. Yep. I wonder what is going to happen with him, bro? Like, is he he's ever going to be able to get a job as an analyst? Is he going to uh, be able to get – no. Have you seen how ESPN's been covering this? Uh, to an extent, yes. They've been ripping his ass apart. Like they've been going off on him and they're even getting mad at Mark Davis for keeping him on and coaching Sunday's game. But I do think it's kind of funny of how ESPN's treating this while John Gruden did, did make these comments and he was in this mindset while he was working for ESPN. Yeah, it wasn't like it was while he was the coach. Well, I'm sure there was some shit going on too while he was the coach. But yeah, it was during his time at ESPN. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he does deserve all the shit he's getting. I mean, this was pretty, pretty fucked up stuff. Can't, you can't really be doing that. Like, you can't. Do it. You can't you, you, just in today's day and age. Like, if something comes out, it's just like, all right, like you got to go. Especially like one thing they're saying a lot too is that like NFL has all this shit about like end racism. It takes all of us like. They literally, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the NFL made ESPN air this commercial after this came out, but they had like how they were uh, donating a lot of money to the Trevor Project um, in there. And it's like, you can't have a head coach that says this type of stuff, even if it was 11 years ago on record coming out now. Yeah, exactly. So. No, it's, it's really fucked. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's, it's a. Uh, Especially just today's world now, our words mean a lot more than actions too. So I feel like you can just get, you can just, you're gonna lose your job if you say shit like that. 
Yeah, and this whole situation too, it's like it's deeper than just the emails. Like it goes way beyond that. Yeah, so these emails were a part of a leak from an investigation into the Washington football team that took over in 2000. Uh, it just ended in July. It was when the same time when Dan Snyder gave up day-to-day operations to his wife, Tanya, um, and they were fined $10 million for uh, like basically having a toxic work environment. Like mm-hmm. Sexual harassment was maybe in play, bullying, um, just all not good stuff. But John Gruden was just a very, very small fraction of what's been going on. There is 650,000 emails that the NFL has that's in the Washington It's in that the NFL has a part with the Washington football team that was a part of this investigation. And so the NFL, the NFLPA has also just requested that all of these emails become released to the public because the players want to see these emails now, which good. Cause I do too. Yeah. I mean, now I'm curious to see, bro. How deep does this go? I mean, this is basically because it goes so much more deeper just in terms of the investigation itself. Like I said, it, it concluded in July, but there was no written report. It was only given in a presentation to NFL executives, which is weird. so. This like they weren't even targeting. Uh, they weren't even targeting Gruden per se. It just like kind of no. popped up, and he got fucked over. Yeah, he was just collateral damage in this in this investigation. Goddamn, dude. He was. He was. It was not about him at all. And so. But like when the investigation concluded, the NFL did not order a written report, which is weird because when the NFL uh, made an investigation into Deflategate, they had 243, uh, 243 page written report about Deflategate. But when it comes about sexual misconduct and harassment in the workplace, they just want an oral presentation um, given. So that's pretty shady. And so basically what I think is that they have dirt on a lot more people. And that there could be a potential mass exodus if this gets released. Of a bunch of GM coaches, everything like that. Owners, maybe. I don't know how much owners are gonna be caught in the fray. Well, yeah, because um, I mean we've already it, it was a while ago that we knew how fucked up the whole Washington football team situation was with Snyder. Yeah, I mean, like just this past week, the Washington football team got raided by the DEA facilities did did you hear about yeah that? i feel like i feel like that yeah did, that went under the wraps bro i feel like not a lot of people talked about that well because it happened in the same week that urban meyer was still going on and uh the gruden emails got leaked so like, is it just kinda, isn't isn't there like a potential drug well i mean obviously dea is involved so like but you know what i mean underlying drug scandal with uh the trainers and whatnot yeah, I think the trainers are slinging prescriptions. So like one trainer got one trainer got in trouble or not prescriptions, prescription drugs. So like basically well, yeah, like all the yeah. all the Vicodin and shit that NFL the pain and stuff. Yeah, the painkillers. So like one got in trouble, he's already been suspended, and a second got suspended like today or yesterday. Dude, goddamn, bro. So there's so many just, layers. That's just another and then so but like with back to the, the emails, so emails of topless cheerleaders being passed around. Grid was involved with this also. Bruce Allen, the guy that Gruden was um, emailing all this offensive shit to, uh, emailed him some photos of topless cheerleaders in a photo shoot that they had in Costa Rica. In the same photo shoot, they were 
pretty much it was pretty much mandatory. It was like mandatory. Like they made them go. And then while the cheerleaders were there, they hid their passports from them. Like they took their passports and hid them so they couldn't leave, made them do the nude photo shoot while they were changing in and out of their clothes. They were filmed without consent. And this film was passed around um, by season ticket holder or some season like sweet holders and shit. And also too, while they were doing the photo shoot, sweet holders and sponsors were there who were all men were watching them. And when that day was over, they had, they were made to escort the guys around at a nightclub while they did say that no sexual, um, that nothing like no sex acts were performed. They did feel like they were being pimped around. And I do feel like, although none were reported, there had to be at least one, right? Dude, God damn, bro. That shit is so, oh my God. Sorry, I just, I had somebody knocking. I'm getting a little bit distracted, but dude, Jesus Christ, that's, I I remember like the, the cheerleader stuff. That was a problem too, originally with the Washington football team. But and it's so and it's and it's really pissing me off that John Gruden can say these things and it, it generates this kind of outrage. But Dan Snyder's been doing shit like this for 20 years now and nothing has happened. That's I was just about to say, like, when is Dan Snyder gonna get fired or when is Dan Snyder gonna get canceled? Because I mean I feel like we already Dan have Snyder. so many ground to cancel like grounds to cancel him on, you know. Well, I think there's plenty of grounds to have him David Stern. You know what I'm saying? Like the Clippers after he did that shit. David oh, Stern yeah? said one thing about Magic Johnson and he was fucking out. Dan Snyder, a lot of a lot of people hated a lot of people hated uh what's called Stern. Uh, David Stern already, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't like the most popular guy, but neither is Dan Snyder. But Exactly, yeah. It gets bigger because Dan Snyder also became full 100% owner of the football team this year. He bought out the rest of the minority owners and the NFL allowed him to accrue more debt than they usually allow when purchasing stakeholders of team. See, but like, why? I I just don't get it. Money. Well, yeah, money, but still, bro. Like if the NFL is willing to like condemn John Gruden for this shit, I mean, obviously now some shit might go down. We don't know what's going to happen, but. I just don't get why it's taken so long for anything like uh, any concrete punishment to come out of the Washington situation. I mean, there's a difference in between who writes the checks and who cashes them. I guess, dude, I guess, it's, but it's pretty fucked up though. Like I'm pretty, and then like, I feel like there needs to be a lot more outrage about this whole Dan Snyder thing because like, it just goes so, so deep. Like in that, um, in that uh, report with the toxic workplace that, concluded in july that was part of the emails um they were only fined 10 million dollars and then that was it yeah because like not to like compare one thing with another because i mean obviously they're both really bad but i feel like the cheerleader stuff and everything is almost worse to an extent because it's not even just like words it's you're literally like oh it's way way worse yeah like you're doing shit again that's yeah dude that's fucked look I'm surprised too that like have any of the cheerleaders came out themselves and spoke on this? Um, not publicly, but like in reports, yeah. And they've spoken to reporters and stuff like that. I bet it's um, just gonna take one. It's gonna take one and then everything's gonna come out. I I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Like one's words in a private email, which nonetheless it's bad. Like we don't yeah, have yeah it's bad. But another is pipping out 
women that work for you. <laughs> it's, yeah, when, it's you, when you put it that way, it's pretty. One, it's pretty yeah. one, one is a whole lot fucking worse than the other. And people are, are still mad that he just – he called Roger Goodell a fag. And then all of a sudden, the, you have to get rid of John Gruden, but we're still letting Dan Snyder hang around. That's just not comparable. Like we can't. Well, it was way worse than just calling, but yes, you're right. I see what you're saying. Yes, I do get your point. That is wild, though. I I bet it's going to happen soon. Now that like shit's really kind of opening up, I hope it happens soon. I hope Snyder is just out completely of the NFL, bro. Fuck that guy. It's too. So like, it basically just comes out to if they're going to release these emails or not. So the NFLPA wants to wants to see him now. But apparently, I saw another report that the NFL does not want them to be released. So that yeah, makes me feel like I'm wondering what some, what would go down if that there's some they all serious released. dirt, dude. Fuck, what a time we're living in, bro. What a time to be alive, it's crazy. dude. It's crazy. Fuck John Gruden, though. I I do. I am curious to see if he's gonna find some sort of job or if he's truly gonna be out of sports forever. He's done, dude. He's done. What about his brother? Isn't his brother still a coach? I don't know. He got fired by the football team. And then I don't know where he is right now. Let's see. Is he, is he like an offensive assistant somewhere? Or an OC? Let's see. Um He's the Jags offensive coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Sense. I knew I knew he was still coaching somewhere, but I hadn't heard of him yet since he got fired from Washington. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, he'll be fine. It's not. He didn't write those emails. I mean, yeah. Um, Why? Well, shit. I don't know, bro. Maybe they got to start investigating maybe, him too. But they'll probably. I mean, shit. There's probably going to be so much stuff that comes out. It's not. Uh, it's not going to be good. All right. Well, another topic that isn't as fucked up and just a uh, shitty human being activity, but it's kind of funny to some extent. For others, it may be a sensitive conversation because it has to do with the vaccine. But, of course, we're not going to be political in any way. We're not going to really talk about that. But Kyrie Irving right now, if you haven't heard of this Kyrie Irving situation, it's nuts. It's gone back and forth. Kyrie basically is – we all know Kyrie's a big conspiracy guy. We've talked about Kyrie Irving multiple times on this podcast because he's kind of a meme. We like to to poke fun at him. But anyway – so big conspiracy guy, obviously big conspiracy guy is not going to get the vaccine. And if you're not getting the vaccine, you can't play at the Barclays Center because of state law. And the league is leaving it up to state law. And so originally people were thinking like, oh, Kyrie, he'll just play on road games and he won't play the home games. So he would only play 41 out of the 82 games in the season, which is weird. That would have been super weird and abnormal. But now, big update yesterday as the Nets announced that they that Kyrie Irving will not play or even practice with the team until he gets vaccinated and follows state guidelines. So this is a whole whirlwind. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Kyrie likes playing basketball. Dude, I don't know what it is, I bro. I don't think so. Like he wanted he he had his whole family issues last year. And I don't think that was the first time he's done some shit like that. And now he's doing this, the vaccine. Um, well, he even like once I disappeared for like three days and then came back with like a flat earth interview, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's just a weird guy. Like he, I, this is just, 
I don't know. If there's anybody to take it this far in the NBA, it's Kyrie Irving. Yes, 100%. Because there's definitely other guys that wanted to. Like LeBron was pretty late on getting his vaccine. Andrew Wiggins was very late on getting his vaccine. Um, and But then they were just fi- finally like, okay, well, I'm not going to surrender half my game checks. Might as well just get the jab. But Kyrie's like, nope, fuck you. I don't need basketball. Yeah, exactly, dude. He doesn't care. I mean, at this point, he probably has enough money where he would be financially. He would be okay. But it just seems so weird for how old is he? He's not even 30 yet, I don't think. So is he 30? He might be like exactly 30. I'm going to double check. Kyrie Irving age. 29. Yeah, he's 29. He's getting close. But so, I mean, he still has a a few more years of solid basketball left in him. So it just is really peculiar for somebody to be so willing to walk away. And another interesting element of this whole situation is that Kyrie said if the Nets trade him or even attempt to trade him, he will retire from basketball and never play again. So he said he only wants to play for the Nets, that he's found a forever home in Brooklyn. Dude, I, yeah. I, <laughs> Dude, I, I, who, who fucking knows, man? This guy is so crazy. Um, he just doesn't care, though, either. That's the thing. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. Like, Kyrie's all about Kyrie. And, and he kind of knows that he's good enough to where he can do this, per se. You know, because if a role player like, I don't know, Alex Caruso started doing this shit, he would be out. They wouldn't give a fuck. But it's Kyrie Irving. He's an all-star. If you're the Nets, what do you do in this situation? I mean, like, they could have let him play in the road games. But, like, I don't know. Kyrie Irving has made his decision, and the Nets respected that. And then they made their decision by saying, if you're not going to cooperate and be with the team full-time, then we don't want you to – you know, be on the road. I don't know. It's interesting. It's great. It's, I mean, like the, cause the NBA is like 99% vaccinated. At this yeah, NBA has been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, herd immunity is pretty much there, but still they're like, Nope, fuck it. Everyone's getting vaccinated. So. Well, like va- vaccine aside, I think the Nets made the right decision in the sense that if Kyrie was only playing the away games, that's essentially letting him win and showing other players that, like, one player is bigger than the organization type thing. Not to be cheesy, but it really is. I mean, that is letting him win, letting him get his way, Um, and you're giving up all that just to have, like, a good player. It's basically saying, like, he's too good. We can't play without him. We have to have him. Well, and, too, because, like, it would be weird just from a purely basketball standpoint, too, because he can't practice, and he can only play half the games. So, basically, he's just showing up, right? And yeah, he's a guy who commands a lot of money, and he can he has to have the ball in his hands to be successful. So he's gonna have, you know he's gonna be rusty a lot of the time, and he's not gonna have chemistry. Like he's not gonna have as much chemistry as he would have if he would be with them all the time, which, as we know, is like 90 percent of basketball. Like you have to have chemistry with your team. So see, I mean, you we saw like the Nets; they struggled at first, but then they they got into. Yeah. In their rhythm, which obviously is going to happen with three superstars on the team, even though they were injured throughout the season. But yeah, I think if I was the Nets, what I would do right now is I would try to fucking trade him and call his bluff. I I really want to see if he would actually retire. I don't think he will. I don't I know. 
think I don't know. You're, I think if anybody would actually go through with it, it is Kyrie. But at the same time, that would be such a big thing. Like, but if they did trade him, they would probably get nothing for him right now. Yeah, because he could like, because let's say like if he got traded to a team in Texas, Texas doesn't have those kind of mandates. But still, you have to play so many games in California, so many games in New York. Um, yeah, exactly. Is there any other states that have this kind of stuff? There, there's a few, but I know those are the main big ones. Yeah, every state is has been pretty so, different. But I mean, for the has, most part, like you said, 99% of players are vaccinated, so it hasn't been a problem for anybody yeah. really other than Kyrie and a couple others. But still, like California teams, there's like, what, four, five ba- ba- uh, California basketball teams? There's Sacramento, the two LAs, Golden State. There's four. Okay, there's four, and then probably Oregon. So Portland would be five. I'm sure Oregon has this mandate as well. Yeah, and New probably. York, which is three. Two. They have the Knicks, the um, Nets. Nets. I think it's just those two. Okay, I was thinking of something else. So that's seven teams. Yeah. That's almost a third of the league that you can't go to. I'm sure if there's other states that have that here and there. Um, yeah, like just from a vaccine politics side, like it just doesn't make sense from a basketball perspective to do that. But, like, yeah, if if they did trade him, I think I'm straight up convinced he would retire. He'd say, fuck you, I'm going to go ayahuasca in South America. <laughs> go do I go party on a yacht in Monaco, bro. Yeah, all the just whatever he wants to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's financially set, I would hope, at this point. I would hope he's financially set. You never know with some professional athletes what they do with their money. But Kyrie <laughs> seems to – be sensical on that standpoint. I mean, he has a shoe deal and everything. I wonder too if he retired, what's going to happen with his shoe deal and stuff as well? Like, what the fuck? I guess it, it has to. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure how those contracts kind of work out. Yeah, exactly. A lot of guys have shoe deals that go after retirement. I think I, I have no idea, honestly. But this is definitely the biggest vaccine issue in hockey. Hasn't really touched other sports because other sports play outside primarily, like NFL. Or basketball, you mean? Yeah, NFL and uh, MLB play outside, so like that's not really an issue. But like hockey too. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Evander Kane is kind of under fire because he might be using a fake vaccination card. Which yeah, is he's being investigated. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> i don't know I just, what 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 would happen like i don't get what they're investigating per se it's either he used it or they or he didn't right i think if it's fake or not oh okay they, they don't know for sure yet yeah but they think it is so i'm not sure i mean their canes under a whole bunch of shit he's being investigated if he was throwing games for gambling and then he's being investigated for domestic abuse with his ex-fiance or ex-wife God damn, dude. I haven't heard I haven't heard of a player being investigated for throwing games since like the fucking I don't know mafia era and gangster era. Oh, that's true, I guess. Yeah. That was a long but time he, ago though. Yeah, but he was betting on his own team. Yeah. So it's a little different. A little different, but yeah. Uh Kane with this whole thing though, with this whole thing with Kyrie, last question about it. Do no matter what happens, I guess it's kind of a prediction. I mean do you think this is the end of Kyrie Irving in the NBA? I think it has a really good chance to be because I could see him. He might even just say, fuck it. I'll just sit out a year and hopefully next year this isn't an issue. That could be a thing too. So, um, 
but yeah, I don't see him playing this year. I, I doubt that he gets the vaccine. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, sitting out a year, but I'm going to answer no. I don't think it's the end. I think eventually we will see some some Kyrie maybe next in a year, maybe two years. I don't know. I, don't, I just, yes, he's crazy enough to retire, but it's just so hard for me to actually see a player of his caliber just walking away from the game. In his prime, I mean, not his prime, prime, but twenty nine is pretty, pretty solid for basketball. I mean, not. I mean, he he could easily win a championship this year, but he said time and time again that his his life is bigger than basketball. So like, basketball is yeah. not his biggest concern. You know what I mean? He likes basketball, but I don't think he. I don't. That's corny to say it, but like, he has to love it. But he he can live without it. It seems like it, or at least that's what he's portraying. I don't know. I feel like it's easier said than done, though. After, you know, doing basketball your entire life for, like, 20-some years just to walk away because of some dumb dispute. I, I don't know. We'll Watch see what him. happens. We'll see him at LA Fitness here in a couple months. Falling out, yeah. We'll see him on some TikToks and shit, just yamming yeah. on kids. Yeah. I would be totally okay with that. I would prefer to see him in an all-star game, though, but... If that's what we get, that's what we get. I think this is what we're gonna get, man. I just, I, I don't think so. But all right, that's enough. Uh, that's enough of Kyrie's craziness. Yeah, Some football happened this week, and a lot of it. A lot of crazy football happened this week. We already talked about the A and M game a little bit, but we introduced this segment last week. I'm gonna hit it again. Um, how do you feel? Basically, we just bring up some hot topics, uh, trends, games from the previous weekend of college football and talk about how one another feel, give our take, give our opinion on it. Uh, so first let's start with college football. Cause I think there were some great NFL games as well. At one point, the red zone channel was just popping off. There were like four games so close to overtime and you know, the Bengals game wasn't overtime, but college football had a few similar games as well. One of those was the Oklahoma, Texas game. So my uh, question is, Caleb Williams, the fresh, true freshman, he came in to replace Spencer Rattler while Oklahoma was down, and he led them to a crazy comeback versus Texas. So how do you feel about the Williams versus Spencer Rattler debate? So I'm not sure. I think probably they have to stick with Williams, right? I um, think so, too. I'm, I'm fully on Williams' team. But – I kind of fucked up because on Saturday when I was watching football, uh, UT was blowing them out. And I was like, okay, I can use this time to go to the gym because this game has turned into a dud. And as soon as I went to the gym, my buddy texted me about how this game was crazy and OU came back. So I missed most of Caleb Williams. Ah, oh, dude, he was spectacular, bro. <laughs> I, I knew once they were run. down. I knew when they were down they had to make it a game. I mean, it's the Red River rivalry. Yeah, but I mean, like, from what I've heard about the kid, like, he's an elite runner, and he's got a cannon. So, and then one other thing is that, like, Spencer Rattler is definitely all about Spencer Rattler. Uh, Caleb Williams is very much a team guy, from what I've heard. On like, It seems like he is already he's already won over the team. Like, the team seems to be on Caleb Williams' side. They, they had a, a spark of energy when he came in the game. And, yeah, you're right. Rattler seems to be all about Rattler. Um and he also has been playing panicked, like very panicked. He looks nervous all the time out there. 
Do you think Spencer Rattler would transfer? If he gets benched, yes. I mean, he – well, the thing is, he's projected to be a first-round draft pick after this year. He was. I don't know. Anymore. I don't know, yeah. But the thing is, you know, sometimes kids get drafted based on purely their athletic ability. But, like, True. as a quarterback, if you're getting benched multiple times throughout the season – you're not really performing well, obviously. So, like, that's got to translate somehow into the the league. Yeah, I think I think if he's benched, um, he's definitely going to transfer, grad transfer to another like power five school that needs a quarterback. So maybe like some SEC team, um, and then I don't know, like, but if he's not benched, but I don't see them, I don't see him not sticking with Caleb Williams at this point. I agree. I think they should stick with Caleb Williams. I mean, everything that they've seen from him has been positive. Even as a true freshman, he's made a lot of big plays. And plus, momentum-wise, I mean, you just won like a 21-point comeback against your biggest rival. You got to ride with the momentum, you know, dance with those who brung you. One of my favorite sayings. So I'm Team Caleb Williams, even though TCU plays Oklahoma this week, and I'm kind of scared about Williams. Oh, well, I don't think we have a chance any, either way. We, yeah, or, we have a chance, bro. I'm done with this team. Hey, bro, we killed Texas Tech this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, I mean, Tech isn't great, but they beat West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. If we lost to Texas Tech, I was going to stop watching us for the rest of the year. I would, I would have stopped caring for the rest of the year, but I still would have watched. But, yeah, that would have been a big turning point if we had actually lost to Tech. That would have been depressing. But anyway, other college football topic is that Ole Miss-Arkansas game was arguably just as crazy, back and forth, nonstop, finished 52-51 to in Ole Miss's favor. But at the end, Arkansas scored with one second left on the clock. They scored a touchdown, and instead of tying it and sending it to overtime, they elected to go for two. So how do you feel about that decision? If you were the coach, would you have gone for two or gone for the tie? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's what two yards in the yeah, game right yards. there. Fuck it. I agree. I agree. I think my philosophy and a lot of other. It's like a pretty famous head coach philosophy is if you're at home, you go for the tie and you have the momentum in the crowd behind you for overtime. But if you're on the road, you know you got to go for it while the crowd is silent. You got to ride the momentum, end it right then and there. So I agree with the call. But sadly, it didn't pay off for uh, KJ Jefferson and the Razorbacks. Yeah, I mean, but like, you got to go for it, though. I mean, the, both defenses were giving up a hundred. I mean, there's a hundred points. Ridiculous. In that game. So, yeah, like, ridiculous. What, what told you that they were going to stop it anyway? So, like, yeah, absolutely, that was the right call. It just didn't work out. But like, ten times out of ten, if the coach was asked, he probably said, "Yeah, Which, yeah, I would, I would go for it ten times out of ten, hundred percent." I'm glad you agree. I was talking to somebody that was like, dude, are you crazy? You always go for overtime. Why would you risk that? And I'm like, why would you not? Like, that's overtime is just as big of a risk. Like, yeah, exactly, dude. But all right. Another one is this is more of a question, but I've kind of been noticing this uh, looking through the rankings, some of the big games coming up. But it seems like this top 10, this top 25 even is the weakest top 25 that we've seen in a long time in college football. So would you agree with that? Cause I mean, Iowa is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but as the number two team in the country, 
I don't know. They look pretty vulnerable. You know what? Yeah, but I'm 100% okay with it. You're right. It makes it more entertaining. Yeah. Like I'm I'm totally on board with having a weaker, more parity in this top 25. Like yeah, Iowa looked vulnerable. They needed the back they needed the backup quarterback to come in and get the comeback win to take up to get that number two spot. But I mean, they're still good teams. It's still I mean, Bama's still Bama. Uh Ohio State seems has looked to be, a lot better. Looked a lot, lot better. So they also haven't played anybody super big since Oregon, though. But they've been steamrolling them. Like, they've covered yeah. them over by themselves two weeks in a row now. And the spread, yeah. Oh. Yeah. They are killing it. But, I mean, there's other teams, too, like Kentucky. That's actually another one I'll talk about in a second. Kentucky as number 11. They've been doing really well. But are they really the number 11 team? I don't know. That's tough. They are. They're undefeated. In, but In the SEC. SCE's, Michigan State, but... Michigan State at number ten looks kind of vulnerable for a top ten team, and then Wake Forest at sixteen. I mean, out of the ACC, their best win is probably Syracuse in overtime. But I don't know. I just feel like this is a very weak top twenty-five. I do. I like your point you brought up that it makes it more entertaining. I agree. I just I don't know. It's weird. It feels like there's no like set in stone. These are going to be the playoff teams where that's what it normally is every year, other than Georgia. Georgia is seems to be in a world of their own right now. Yeah. Uh, let's just see if they can do it. The SEC championship game is probably Bama. Yeah, probably Bama. But, all right, yeah, speaking of Kentucky, though, that's another one of my uh, talking points is how do you feel about Kentucky being an actual threat? I would, I would like that. That would be cool. But when do they play Georgia? Because they're both in the East, right? Yes. So they'll probably just get exposed by Georgia and all this talk about Kentucky being good. Or I not. I think they actually play this weekend. I could be wrong. Do they? Shit! I lost my goddamn beer opener. Oh, there it is. <laughs> a uh, bottle opener. But no, I mean everyone thought that they were gonna lose to LSU or no lose to Florida and then and LSU even and then they kicked LSU's ass. Yeah. And um, Kentucky schedule. So like they've proven everybody wrong so far. Like I'm. Yep, they play them this weekend. What's the what's the spread gonna look like? I think Georgia's probably like eighteen point favorites or something like that. I wouldn't be too surprised. Kentucky, Georgia. Georgia's been steamrolling. I mean, they just covered the spread again this past weekend against Auburn. They've been steamrolling everybody, dude. Yeah. If you were to guess, though, that's your guess. Who's that line? I'm gonna say ten and a half, Georgia. I think the line is like. 15 to 16 in favor of Georgia. I can check. Wait, do you have it up? Oh, 22 and a half. I'm dumb. Bro, oh my God. 22 and a half? Bro, give me Kentucky on that. Dude, we are sucking Arkansas's wiener off with that 18 point spread. And then we got. (laughs) We got exposed. Yeah, we got humbled bad. Bro, but I don't know. I feel like Kentucky, this is their team of destiny. They're not going to win the game, but 23 points is a lot of points. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, last one out of college football is this isn't really a, you know, a status of a team or not, but how do you feel about Iowa fans storming the field after beating Penn State in a game they were favored in? Um. 
I'm not mad because storming the field is super fun. So I can't blame them. Two, because for multiple reasons. One, it was a comeback win, and it was against a number two versus number three. So they beat the number three team in the nation at that point. Three, I mean, four, three, four, but yes. Oh, three, four, still. sorry, sorry. Still. Sorry. Yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, like, I can't blame them. Is it the coolest uh, field storm ever? No, but I mean, hey, like, it, if you're in that situation, do we want to storm the field? The, the answer is always yes. Yeah, I guess if I'm a student, I'm going to want to storm the field, of course, but I don't know. From an outside perspective, part of me hates it, even though, yes, it was like a big comeback win against the top five team. But it's like, it's your, I don't know, dude. I just, I feel like there's a time and a place that makes storm fielding so special. And this kind of takes away from it to an extent. Cheapens it. Yeah, it cheapens it. Yeah. Well, didn't KU storm the field after they won their first game? Yeah, after beating goddamn South Dakota. I hated that too. But at so the same time, that's, that's good for them. Yeah, that is but, that's probably the worst storm field of the year. However, I will say that in high school, we didn't win a game for two straight years, and we finally beat a team, and we stormed the field. Wait, what high school did you go to? Joshua. It was Joshua was that bad at football? Oh, dude, we're terrible. Really? Okay, damn. Mm-hmm. See, that would be fun though in that situation. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a Debbie Downer, but I thought it was. I don't know, kind of corny. They just, like you said, the students just wanted to rush the field, so they did it probably. I don't blame them. It's just fun. <laughs> All right, let's let's switch over to the NFL. Okay. All right, so uh, you got it. Yeah, so the Giants pretty much lost their entire starting offense. I feel, I feel terrible. Like, I just actually feel sorry for them. Yeah, the NFL needs to stop scheduling – Giants, Cowboys in Arlington week five for forever because this was the same exact game week five in Arlington against the Giants where Dak broke his ankle last year. And now this happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Same same week, same place, same opponent. Like, what the fuck? Um, So, NFL, please stop. Uh, And then, God, who all got hurt? So, I think nobody on Dallas got hurt, but Saquon, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay with his knee, and then the there's Giants. one more at least. Well, they were already missing Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, so now they're their wide receiver one, their wide receiver two, their wide receiver three, and their starting running back and quarterback are hurt. Yeah, it's basically their starting offense, and it's behind an already dog shit offensive line. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Dude, I mean, all of our like, preseason Giants predictions are just in complete shambles right now. I was, Mostly mine. I was high on them. You were very, very high. I thought they were a threat. You were convinced that they were going to win. I was but convinced I mean, they were going to the playoffs. They, they've shown flashes of like why we thought that. Like Kadarius Toney went off before he tried to punch somebody dude, that yeah. was wearing a helmet. That guy's a dumbass, dude. I am for now and forever on the Kadarius Tony is a bitch train because for one, he like almost hurt himself. Did you see that when he like stood up too and he yeah. hit that dude in the teeth of the shoulder and he like didn't even do anything and continued to like throw a, a bitch fit? Yeah, but bro, he's so he's been going off though. Yeah, he's good. But then he punched somebody in the face wearing a helmet with a close fist. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. 
<laughs> like, what do you expect is going to happen, dude? Yeah, like, what do you like? What is he going to do? Ow, that hurt! Like, <laughs> all you did was hurt your fist. Dude. He's just going to move his head and be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Like, He's be like, "Yeah, okay, thanks." Yeah, but uh, nah, yeah, that sucks for the Giants. And we got robbed of what could have been a decent game. Yeah, it, it was looking good in the first half. I didn't get to watch most of it. I was driving home from College Station. Yeah. Daniel Jones fucked himself up. He he initiated the contact on that concussion that he got. It was wild. I did see that, yeah. Yeah. Dude, but when he got up and he was, like, slobbering and, like, and then it, it was like, oh, like, he might be concussed. And then it cuts to him walk trying to walk to the huddle and fucking <laughs> it's doing that shit. I was like, oh, he's not okay. He's fucked. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Which, by the way, I put a waiver claim in for Devontae Booker. Oh, I did too. Oh, wait. Oh, you mean in the GTD league? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, cool. Bet. All right. Um, and then has Lamar the passer arrived? I'm not convinced yet. You're not convinced I'm still, yet? I'm still not convinced. I'm not going to give it one near 500-yard game. As crazy as that was, I don't know. I'm still not convinced. Are you convinced? I mean, it's looking like it, man. He's already had – he's averaging 300 yards passing a game. That is a little inflated from last night. But he's been asked to throw it a lot more. They haven't had the same rushing attack because their first, like, three running backs got hurt. Um, but he hasn't been doing it by just being him running all the time. So he's been doing it with his arm a lot more. Marquise Brown looks a lot better. Sammy Watkins looked like the right free agency pickup. Um, so – I I think I'm not fully committed to it, but if this is like if I think he could hit 4,000 yards this year, and if he hits 4,000 yards, I don't think that we can say he is a bad passer anymore. I wouldn't put him elite by any means, still, but to say that he's a bad passer would be inaccurate at this point. I want to look into uh, I'm, that's what I'm trying to find right now. Um, is I want to know some of his advanced statistics, such as like his average depth of target, like how far he's throwing the ball, uh, how much of his receivers yards after catch, because the Ravens offense isn't necessarily built for like air raid, you know, long, long ball passes, but they also have those speedsters like Hollywood Brown that can just bolt and go. So I I'm curious to see some of those advanced stats because that, that would tell us a little bit more on uh how he's progressing as a passer because I still, the reason I say I'm not convinced is because I still don't trust him to make those tight throws in the clutch or those, those long balls that you got to hit. I could be wrong, but from what I know, a lot of the Ravens big pass plays come from like slants and stuff like that, you know, quick passes that the receivers can run and pick up yards after the catch. So I, I do want to look into some of those numbers. That makes me curious. He had a bomb last night to Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Brown, like he's one of those. He's fast enough. He can you know break off too at any moment. But yeah, you're right. They do have a lot of short passes as well. So yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I would like to see his his more advanced numbers, but they are harder to find for us. I just want to find it at will. Us pores out yeah. in the world. <laughs> so. Um, I, yeah, but like I, I think you can do good. But okay, kickers. Just how we feel about kickers. And <laughs> that's right it. Now. That is that is literally it. Just kickers. Um, 
I feel I don't even know. I feel bamboozled. That's the word I'll go with. Like, what the who the fuck are these guys, bro? 12 missed PATs and 12 missed field goals in one day of football. Like records that tied the record for most uh extra point misses in a day. But I don't I hate to you do you know that famous ninja, the gamer, uh his tweet where one day he tweeted, How do NFL kickers just miss basically he was like you have one job like just find somebody who can make it ninja tweeted that yeah ninja he got a lot of shit for it back in the day but to some extent bro he's right i mean you you're a kicker that is your only job in the nfl there's 32 starting kickers in the entire world for the nfl somebody will come in take your spot and make those kicks so like what the fuck, dude? I don't even know how to feel, honestly. Shit's got to be hard, right? Dude, um, I mean, it's it's I, hard. Like, let's not discount it. Yeah, it's hard. I agree, though. Like, they say 50 and in now, but even then, I think that's kind of – that might be a little harsh. But 45 and in, and you're in the NFL, you got to make that shit. Like, that's got to be automatic. Yeah, like 50 – yeah, like 50 plus, I get missing it. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Bengals – like Mason Crosby, though, was the epitome of this, what we're talking about. He missed three game-winning kicks for the Packers. And then he got to make a – was it 49-yarder or 51? I think it was 49. 49, okay. But still, it was frustrating, a, bro, because the Bengals missed, missed two. Yeah, the Bengals missed two. That game was nuts, dude. That was one of those games, like you said. Red Zone Channel was completely awesome this week. There was a point, there was a point when they had the, the quad box and three of the boxes were game-winning kicks. And then – Yeah. So, like, it was, it was nuts. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I don't understand. There was more drama last night with Rodrigo Blankenship missing a couple of kicks because he was dinged up. But, like, I'm trying to think what other games there were. Definitely that that fucking game, though, Bengals-Packers, that was just insane. I've never seen anything like that. Bro, I was, as a Bengals fan, the whole time, I was literally just like, yes, no, yes. No, like just back and forth, bro. It was it was mental torture. I couldn't take it. Yeah. I thought, especially McPherson on his overtime, he missed one in regular time, one in overtime. In his overtime field goal, McPherson literally he hit the flag on the goalpost, and he thought he hit the inside of the flag, and so he literally started jumping up and around, and I was like, yes, yes. But then I see. And I'm like, what? No! Like, it, I just, dude, so many emotions, bro. It was fucking annoying. Yeah, I there's a couple of those when I was looking at it. I was like, I don't think anybody, any of these guys are going to make a kick. Like, yeah, like whenever, Cro- like it caused me for a second one, he was lining up. But I'm like, honestly, I'm not even worried about it, bro. Like, he's it. missed two in a row. No, well, for his last one, oh, I knew we were right. fucked. Yeah. But yeah. No, okay. Um, how do we feel about the Lions pain train continuing? Dude, I feel I feel like the Lions are the best 0-5 team in the history of the NFL. I said that whenever they were 0-4. I'm going to say it again at 0-5. I really like Dan Campbell as a coach. They seem to have some late-game magic where they pull shit out of their ass. If only they could figure that out in the first half, maybe the Lions could win a couple games. They really should have won this game against Minnesota over the weekend. They've lost two games now. They're the first team, I think, in NFL history, to lose two out of their first five games on last-second field goals. Yeah, that's nuts. Let's see. I'm going to take a look at their point differential. 
it's only oh uh, actually it's minus 40 which is definitely not the worst in the league but the the falcons have minus 43 point differential and they're two and three yeah it's i feel kind of bad for the lions but at the same time uh i think you got to give it time I think the Lions will be fine in a couple years, especially if they get rid of Goff and find a franchise-type guy in the draft soon. Then they'll be set. Look, they'll they'll squeeze out a couple of wins. Like, Goff isn't the worst guy to have. Exactly, yeah. I feel like they're going to win a game or two at least this year. I feel like they're good for four. Four? I could see them getting to four. Yeah, four and 13. I keep forgetting with 17 games. I hate it. It's so stupid. I hate it. Um. But yeah, no, I I feel sympathetic because watching Dan the Man Campbell cry on this press conference just it hurt me. It hurt me. Oh. Um, football guy through and through. The big football guy, yeah. Uh, how do we feel about the London game? The Jets Falcons. I really enjoyed it. I think uh, London fans didn't really expect much probably from the Atlanta New York matchup but I thought it was a really entertaining game back and forth uh there was a few big plays that were fun to watch Cordell Patterson was fun to watch uh and then you know that stadium in London they had an array of jerseys like every team was represented in the stadium so that was always really cool to see I liked it I have a little bit of a different opinion than you. Um, I do like that we do a London game. I do kind of feel bad that we consistently send uh, bottom-of-the-barrel teams <laughs> to go to London. Like, this week it's going to be Jags-Dolphins uh, yeah. in London. I do like getting to wake up and immediately watch football and not have to watch, like, some dumbass pregame show. Yeah, I that? honestly forgot about it this Sunday. Like, I woke up during the second quarter and was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we could get the London fans, maybe like, maybe like a Chiefs game or something, that'd be cool. Uh, but, uh. Yeah, I'm sure they want to see Mahomes. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It is cool seeing like all 32 jerseys there. And every time that they do that montage of them switching out the stadium, I watch it every single time because it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, so Cardinals are the last undefeated team remaining. They're, yeah, they're 5-0 and right now. That is unexpected. I thought the uh, – at one point I was looking at the odds whenever it was like Raiders, Broncos, whatnot. Part of me wanted to take the Raiders to be the last undefeated team, but I knew that was a bad bet. I did not expect it to be the Cardinals, though. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought they were going to lose in that Rams game two weeks ago, but they pulled it through. And then they got through the hard-fought game against the 49ers divisional game. Uh, how far do you think they could take it? Their undefeated record or like yeah. their season? Their undefeated record. Uh, let's see. Let's see what their upcoming schedule. So they got – I honestly don't know if they're going to take it another week. I mean, they got the Browns on the road this week. Browns looked good against the Chargers, but that'll be that'll be a really, really good game regardless. Yeah. After that, they got the Texans, Packers, and then the 49ers. I don't know. I mean, the way they're playing, they could beat all of those teams, you know. But I think the way the the way the NFL works, I don't see them going undefeated much longer. Yeah, if they don't get it, if they don't take an L against the Browns, I feel like they'll definitely do one against the Packers. <laughs> yeah, they'll be due against the Packers. Yeah, I think so too. 
this team's fun to watch, but they're not they're not a seventeen and team. Definitely not. Nowhere near it. They were kind of at the beginning of the year, I would have pinned them as like a nine to ten win season, you know, game or team, not game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then last one, how do we feel about the Cowboys having the second best running back duo in the league? I I I agree with that statement. I think they definitely have the best other than you know, the obvious of uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the only true like one-two punch in the league. But yeah, I would put I would put the Cowboys right behind them as well. Uh, yeah. They finally figured out how to utilize Tony Pollard, so I've I've liked what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge compliment for them to have the second best because <laughs> nobody can p- compete with Chunt. Like that's just yeah. that's that's the probably you know the best RB duo in what 20, 50 years. I don't know, like. Yeah, like I can't remember the last time where there's been two running backs on the same team where one of the running backs could probably go and start on like almost any other team, you know? Yeah, both of those guys could easily be belt cows for yes. any team. So, yeah. but like this is a true one-two punch. Zeke's the main guy, obviously, but Tony Pollard is hell, maybe even better than Zeke. Uh, that a lot of people have said that. I don't know, like from a true ability wise, maybe right now, I don't know. He's explosive. He's awesome. They're different, though. They're different backs. It was funny. I was on the Cowboys subreddit, and somebody – there's a post saying, like, uh, we need a name for our one-two punch, and somebody said that the name for Zeke and Pollard should be fuck around and find out. <laughs> fuck around and – where does that come from, though? Like, fuck around and find out? Like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I know the saying, but I don't know. I'm just used to, like, a play on the names it's and stuff. Funny. Uh, somebody said – Something to do with toilet paper, because Tony Pollard, TP. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. But I feel good, though. I love that we have the second-best running back duo, because we have, like, a top-five wide receiver duo, too, with uh, Amari and CD. Like, because it goes in the group, there's, like, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Um, I would put Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as one of the best duos. They're up there. I would probably put Amari and CD over. Them I would though. put them. Yes, I would put Amari and CD over them as well. Like, yeah, Mark Chase is legit. I just T Higgins would probably be the weaker side of that. Definitely. Um, I I'm pretty high on T Higgins, but I think another one too to look at. Even though they haven't been performing as well, if we're going based on pure ability, I would say AJ Brown and Julio would be a killer duo too. Yeah, and you have uh, who's I was just literally looking at them. Um, Golly. Oh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are killing it right now. Yeah, Mike Williams is really truly broke out this year. And then in Tampa Bay, like pick any of the two top three guys, you probably could do that. I was gonna say they don't even have a duo, bro. They have like a quad quadruplet of receivers. Um and then in LA you have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And then in Seattle, you also have Lockett and DK. So it's like those would probably be what would we just name off like what six, seven teams? Yeah, probably. But like skill position guys are kind of interchangeable. If you just have good ones, then you have good ones. I don't think any any of the others really put you over the top necessarily. I no, I, I agree though um, with the Cowboys, you know, and that that running back duo and everything. It's it's been fun to watch Pollard kind of come into his own element this season. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm so high on this right now too. Just because like a stat, the run game you have to have the run game established have a good football team. And we definitely have that, so it's good to see. 
Wait, I'm curious, actually. I'm going to look up the Cowboys' upcoming schedule. Okay, you guys – because I really just – I don't want to see – I'm not a Cowboys fan, and I am i don't care if you hear this. I don't want the Cowboys fans – I don't want to deal with you motherfuckers being like, oh, we're 7-1, and one. oh, we're the best. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. But at the same time, there's really no winning, like, growing up in, like, DFW as a non-Cowboys fan because – when the Cowboys do bad, it's always like just a whole bunch, uh, just a tidal weight of complaints and like what needs to be fixed, all this. But then as soon as it goes well, we're winning the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah, like it's tough out here, bro. It's tough. I don't know. So they got the Patriots coming up, Vikings, Broncos, Falcons. They honestly could win all four of those games. So legitimately, so. they they could be eight and one. Yeah. And then we play That's the Chiefs after that, right? Yeah, Chiefs after that. Which the Chiefs vulnerable. Dude, yeah, I was I was talking to you about this before the uh the podcast. Like I saw NBC has power rankings they just released, and they have the Chiefs at number eleven below the Bengals, which is totally okay with me, but I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I mean their defense is just atrocious, man. They can't stop anybody. It's so bad, yeah. They're they literally they're giving up seven point one yards per play, which is like the worst defense of all time. At that's point. insane for the NFL. That's really bad. Yeah, damn. Mm-hmm. All right, now, nah, but that's uh that's what went on this weekend, really in football. Those were some of the main talking points. But everything is going on in sports right now. It's baseball, football, preseason basketball. This is the best time of the year for sports. These next few months are going to be amazing. Um, and one of the big things right now is MLB playoffs, which has just been fucking awesome. I've been watching as much as I can, and I don't know why, but I haven't been as invested as I am in the playoffs in a long, long time, and I'm regretting it. Like, I'm kind of, like, mad. Like, why have I not been watching? Because this shit's been – it's been really fun. It's been a lot of good games so far. Yeah. Um, I feel really good that I just relied on my – Hey, the Astros are always good in the playoff prediction because, lo and behold, they've been really good in the playoffs. They're going to the yeah, they're fifth, fifth straight ALCS, dude. That's crazy. It's just nuts. Um, the Red Sox were surprising. They Nothing played really the well. Rays. They beat the Rays last night in a walk off hit. Walk off. Yeah, their bats. Season. Their bats came to play, dude. So, that's nuts. Um, ATL Atlanta's two up two up two one on the Brewers. They just uh, won uh like literally like 20 minutes ago. ATL just oh, won really? five four. Yeah, so ATL is on to the championship series. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so it's gonna be they're going back, and then Giants Dodgers are still around. What are they at right now? It's, is it Giants Dodgers? Uh the Giants just took a two-one lead last night with a one-zero okay. win. And they just started like 20 minutes ago. Um, let me check the score. Dodgers are up two to zero. Okay. Okay. In the bottom of the third. Yeah, that's wild. This is gonna be I mean, it's been a good playoff so far. Um, definitely looking forward to the, the championship series. I'm telling you, dude, I think I think I might be right. About I'm what? Fine. World Series predictions. Dude, see, I think you you might be right about the Astros because mine's already out. I had the fucking White Sox, which that clearly was a bad choice. They played like ass that series. In the, um, who, who else do you have? I had the, the, White Sox I had the Giants. Giants the out of Giants, you now. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah. The Giants winning it all. Yeah, the Giants winning it all. And right now, I mean, I I really think that this Giants Dodgers series is this year's World Series. Like this is they are I think the best two teams in baseball, most entertaining series to watch right now. So I think yeah. whoever wins that will probably come out as the World Series champion, realistically. Yeah, I, I hate that they're playing a division series too, since so it's only best of five. So they don't even get a best of seven out of this. Which yeah, exactly, like, dude. Which they totally need to have. Yeah, I agree. That would be a lot more entertaining too. But it is what it is. So it, to some extent, if we have a game five, which it looks like if things continue tonight and the Dodgers hold their lead, that we will see a game five. That will be fucking nuts, dude. That's going to be crazy game. Yeah, must watch TV. Yeah, exactly. And then who would you? Who how would I what? Would you put, how many units would you put on the Giants? I had a, I had a unit on the Giants last night when they won, so I already made back my future bet. Technically, oh, it was really? only okay. yeah, it was only one unit. So, but um, I would probably put a, like two or three units on the Giants to win Game Five. I really, I really think they're gonna win the series. Yeah, that'd be plus they're underdogs, dude. It's just the value, bro. Because Dodgers are like minus two hundred every time. Yeah, it's so hard not to when you see that little plus sign. You're like, fuck it, it's baseball. Anything could happen. Exactly, dude. Any dude, I love. I was frustrated because whenever the Rays last night they were down five to three, I live bet the Rays at plus nine hundred odds, and then they got three hits in a row, tied it up five five, and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And then they they choked, man. In the ninth Damn. inning, they choked. But Damn. yeah, anything can happen in baseball, dude. Like those plus odds are really tempting sometimes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, all right, is that everything we got about baseball? Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, one more thing I wanted to point out about the Red Sox. Watching that Red Sox Rays game, Fenway Park, dude. Holy shit! Holy shit! It was so cool. I want to be at a Fenway playoff game. It was electric. Yeah, I was at, I was just at like a Red Sox Yankees game once, and that was awesome. Dude, I can imagine, dude. I I gotta go there, man. That's on my yeah, sports you, bucket list now. You gotta go to Fenway. Yeah. All right, let's hit some love it or loathe it. Let's do it. All right, uh, you want to take the first one or me? Yeah, I'll take first. All right, Seahawks are working out Blake Bortles uh, right now after the Russell Wilson injury. So I'm actually gonna loathe this one. I think that. Geno Smith played fantastic. The fans seem to be riding with him. Why not ride with Geno Smith? Well, fantastic to an extent. Like I for think they Gino's are. Sake. I, I think, think they will. Blake is just a backup. I, I hope Gino. that's the case. I hope that I, is the case. I think so. And then quick question, yes or no. Uh, if Russell Mills, if Russ misses six weeks, yes or no, Seahawks playoffs? No. Yeah, no. J.R. Smith competed in his first golf tournament yesterday. And shot at 83 and 78. I love it. I loved seeing the videos of him out on the golf course. It was kind of surreal with him, you know, in the eight. We, we've been talking about it for a couple months ago, seeing him in that NCA and T polo and his khakis and everything. Surprised he didn't take his shirt off after making a putt. But I saw too, he got swarmed by bees on the 12th hole. So that was kind of funny too. But no, I love it. This is just a meme. Love seeing JR Smith. I hope we see him in every tournament. Uh, ben Simmons reports back to 76ers camp. <laughs> uh, I love this one just because of the the meme potential. I mean, this is 
I, I don't even know how awkward it's got to be for Simmons to walk back there. He's he's thrown away a lot of money by doing this, um, thrown away a lot of opportunity. I don't know exactly what's going to happen between him and the organization come tip-off, but it's going to be a story to watch for sure. But I love it just because fucking I hate Ben Simmons at this point, so it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. All right. Switching over to you, the MLB will be pursuing a more traditional venues to play games, much like this season's Field of Dreams game. Uh, I love this. The Field of Dreams game this year was kick-ass. So the fact that they're going to look into more doing things like this is really cool. Hopefully it can mean more um, eyeballs on just the MLB in general. Yeah, I loved what they did with the, the Field of Dreams game. That was really cool. Yeah. All right. Jet safety Marcus May is being shopped around the league for a trade. Um, love it, but I just think it's funny because any good player the Jets have, this is what ultimately happens. Yeah, they get like Jamal Adams. Yeah. All right. And then last but not least, NHL on ESPN returns today, and ESPN's theme song or theme music is iconic. Yeah, I love this. I saw like when ESPN or NHL was on ESPN in the past. They played like their theme music and they're bringing it back. It was sick. Yeah, I'm excited to see what goes on with the NHL yeah. and ESPN. Yeah, probably it'll make and it, I think it's going to do really good things for the league. Yeah, bring in more eyeballs for sure. All righty. Well, that is all we got for today's episode. Of course, we will be back on Thursday at five o'clock. We might be changing up our schedule. In the near future, as Elijah said at the beginning of the episode, he just got a job. So Thursday times may be changing up to be determined. Of course, we'll have announcements and everything like that on our social medias. But for now, thank you guys for listening. It was a wild weekend of football. We'll be back on Thursday to preview everything for the upcoming weekend and just talk more sports. You know, that's what we do here. So thanks, y'all, for listening. And we will be back on Thursday. Same place. See y'all then. Peace.